0: Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks.
1: Digital Voices with Ed, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Super stoked about this episode because it's international, it's global, and it's my friends in the UK. And you can't see me, but I am wearing my David Bowie Shirt with uh, the flag and it's gonna be awesome. So with the British flag. So I wanna introduce our guests, Dion Rogers and Sarah Hanbridge. Dion and Sarah, welcome to Digital Voices.
0: Thank you Ed, pleasure to be
2: here. Thank you for having us.
1: So you can tell already from the accents that we're definitely global, we're definitely uh, UK and it's gonna be a lot of fun. And so we sort of met each other in a in a room, a larger room at Chime Fall Forum. And that led to just continuous dialogue about all the great things that are happening in the UK in healthcare and, you know, how we're all sort of going through this digital transformation around the world. So it's not located to a specific geography, obviously, it's just happening all over the world. So that's why I was really wanting to have both of you on Digital Voices is for Us all to expand our perspectives, not just what's going on in North America, but also in the UK, all over Europe, and and, and other places as well. So, this will be really great. And so, uh, I don't want to steal your thunder. So, I'm not going to talk about your titles or anything like that because I'm going to let you introduce yourself in a second. But before we get there to your own introductions, Dion and Sarah. People want to know what's on your playlist. Like I already gave something up, right? I already talked about Bowie. So Bowie's definitely on my playlist. But what kind of music do you like to listen to? Sarah, we'll start with you.
2: So I've really got into Tate McRae at the minute, and it's through my teenage girls. And I'm really loving her song at the minute, if I had met you in the 90s. Um, I'm also a big fan of Miley Cyrus. So I love Flowers at the minute. Um, And also a big fan of Adele. So very... Yeah, a lot of females there actually, but I do like I do like males. I like Coldplay as well, so I'm into the, the yeah, yeah. UK bands. So that's me love in it. a nutshell.
1: <laughs> Dionne?
0: Um I'm a I'm a real 80s girl. You know, I just thought I was so fortunate to be a teenager in the 80s. So um, most things 80s. But um, I also love a band called Deacon Blue. They're a Scottish band. They're probably not well known in the States but they're they're well known here and I'm going to see them in September again for about the 10th time um, but I love I love all music really um, Jesse J really inspires my woman power um, but I like meatloaf as well so really really eclectic mix
1: <laughs> yeah no that's awesome and I'm going to look up Deacon Blue that's one of the reasons we ask questions selfishly is it gives us new ideas right of, of music to listen to and expand ourselves so let's stick with you Dion what about Um, is there a mantra, a life quote, a message or passion that sort of drives you every day?
0: Yeah. So, so there's, there's one that I've, I've sort of used for a long time and I've, I've recently been asked to sort of look at my life in six words. Um, and I came up with a phrase, it's an old phrase, but sort of, um, made it my own really this time will pass, celebrate, survive, that's kind of my nice, thing nice. you know we all go through roller coasters in our lives some more than others and um yeah when the time's good celebrate have gratitude for that um and live in the moment really but when times are tough it'll pass just try and survive yeah. um so that's it but i've been re- recently reading a book called um, Guy. i'm not sure if i've pronounced that properly um, but the Japanese mantra that I'm really trying to get into about, you know, the search for true happiness, really. So they're mighty.
1: Yeah, no, that that's great. We, we could do a whole podcast on Ikigai. So, uh, yeah, that's, I, I've, I'm very familiar with that concept as well. It's good stuff. Uh, what about you, Sarah?
2: Um, so I'm. I suppose my mantra is live live for today and not tomorrow. So when you see those shoes, or you see something that you want to buy or be extravagant, go out because you never know what tomorrow will bring. Um, I'm also a great believer that you're the artist of your own life and and don't hand the paintbrush to anybody else. I think that's really important. Um, I think sometimes we under, especially females, we underestimate our power and how we can we we do we do have. Um, the change we can make change that's evident and i've, I've learned that the last five years uh, during my senior professional career so yeah don't 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 wait to you know go and knock on doors don't wait for them to to open definitely
1: yeah i i just want to hang out with you both a lot more you're definitely my type of people this is awesome and i want you to uh, definitely meet meet my wife as well tell us your stories so sarah let's start with you um, and then we'll lead lead it all the way up to what you're doing today, so so our audience knows you know fully in terms of your career. But tell us your your story, personal, professionally, how you got to where you are today.
2: Um, yeah, so i'm'm a, I'm a, well I'm a single mom uh, with two young teenage daughters. Um I've been in the nursing profession for twenty nine years, predominantly the acute sector. I've also worked in the tertiary sector as well. Um, I'm dual registered, so I'm a registered adult nurse as well as a practice educator. Um, So I've I've had a lot of hats during my career. So I've had clinical, operational, digital um, and educational. So I'm quite unique in that respect. Um, I'm really passionate about service improvement and professional development, and I suppose that's why I ended up in the, the digital nursing career, really, because of that passion and wanting to improve patient care and patient outcomes. Um, so yeah, um, I've had a—I'm I'm described as a patchwork quilt. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but but the, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that because I think you know I've never become an expert in anything. I've been very good at, at doing different things, and I've been described as a as an innovator, a chameleon. I can change and adapt very quickly. So. Yeah, that's me.
1: Oh, I love that. And you're at Leeds Teaching Hospital?
2: I am. Yes, I am. Um, been there seven months. So it's one of the largest uh, teaching hospitals in Europe. So it's seven sites and 21,000 staff.
1: Wow. And and you also hold a designation, both of you, because we're going to touch on this a little bit. We touched on it on the top of FNF. Can you explain uh, FNF? So for the Florence Nightingale Foundation.
2: Yes, yeah, so so I, so we've got we've got parallel lives, me and Dion. So we both applied for the the digital found Florence Foundation program back in two thousand and nineteen, just before the pandemic, and um, we were both successful. Um, and as a direct result of that, that that opened a lot of opportunities for us. And um, we did a, an educational program um, that. You know, they included Chime. Everybody knows Chime. Um, so that, that, that was fantastic. And as a result of that, we were given an opportunity then to apply for the Digital Health Network back in the UK. Um, and that, you know, we're both advisory panel members and I'm the chair of that network. So we've really driven the agenda over the last two to three years around uh, the nursing profession, the midwifery, the HP, and really giving a voice because uh, that, that wasn't really there pre-pandemic so that it was a real big catalyst to change but i'll i'll let dion come in at that point from her perspective
1: yeah that's that's super exciting what you did and we're definitely going to jump jump more into that yeah and dion tell us about uh yourself and sort of your personal professional um career and to where you are today
0: thanks ed um as sarah said you know (laughs) When, when we met on Florence, we discovered so many similarities. So it feels like I'm going to repeat a lot of what Sarah said. So I've also <laughs> been a qualified nurse for 29 years. We're the same age, um, although Sarah lives in the north of England and I live in the, the middle of England towards the south. Um, quite striking how, how many similarities they are. Again, acute nurse uh, in a local hospital. Um, up until recently, so I've been in my post as um, Chief Clinical Nursing Informatics Officer and Deputy Chief Nurse, North East London for about a year now. Um, prior to that, as I say, an acute nurse and also worked in operational management, did some project management and general management. So, again, quite a varied mosaic career Um And a single parent as well, of two daughters as well. Um, But mine are a bit older than Sarah's. Mine are 20 and 25. Um, Had some real tough times. Both of them got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in their teens. Um, And my eldest one was actually the youngest um, person in the UK to have a stem cell transplant based on the Chicago model um, of transplantation for MS and now doing very well. So um, a lot of personal stuff to go through. And in the midst of all of that, um i i discovered data really and the love of data and how it can really help transform patient care um how we work as as nurses midwives doctors etc and i really wanted to get into digital but was very re- constrained really by being a single mum and needed to work in a certain locality obviously this was before Teams, so you had to be on site where you worked um but the pandemic opening up the option for teams, hybrid working, and and my girls growing up and and being um, healthier, I guess, has meant that I could now spread my wings and hence why I applied for the scholarship. And um, the rest is history, as they say. It's been phenomenal three years, really, since doing that.
1: Yeah, both amazing leaders, uh, amazing people. And again, you know why I have you on as guests cuz as so you you both have so much to offer and share with the world. So let's continue down this Florence Nightingale Foundation Scholars Program. So that's super unique to the UK and uh, Sarah you already just sort of described a little bit of the of the purpose of of how it all began and can can uh, Dion maybe uh, share a little bit more based on what Sarah w- was saying about the Florence Nightingale Foundation Scholars Program and just how it you know helps to Propagate, you know, digital transformation in uh, the NHS?
2: So the, the, the actual digital Florence Nightingale scholarships uh, were only introduced in 2019. So we were the, the very first. So there was nine places for English nurses and there were four Welsh nurses that were our very first group. So um, a lot a lot of pressure on us, actually, because um, we needed to showcase the importance of digital nursing. And this was probably the very first platform, to be fair. So I'd worked in, in digital nursing a long time within different organisations, doing a really good job. But people didn't necessarily know me and the work that I was doing because I didn't really showcase it. And I suppose when the, the Florence Nightingale Digital Scholars are arose and we were, we were put into to groups and I was in the senior leadership group, it just really showcased the excellent work that had been happening behind the scenes but had just not been showcased, which was fantastic. So it was the very first programme really and it, it was supposed to be for a year, but thankfully me and Dion <laughs> felt like we'd done the Florence Nightingale for nearly two and a half because of the pandemic. And we, we were very proactive. I think me and Dion had come to the conclusion when we first had our meeting that this was our opportunity. We've waited a long time for it. We've been senior nurses in different organisations. And actually, this was our prime opportunity to, to you know, to, to make the necessary change and profile digital nursing in a very different way. Um, so we with doing the programme, I think what, what it did was it kind of gave us that opportunity to really... Invest in us as individuals and give us that personal and professional development, um, understand our leadership styles, look at our presence and our public speaking. Um, We were really lucky we was able to access RADA, um, drama training that looked at the power of presence and, you know, really showcase those skills um, and drive the agenda. And obviously working with Chime, which again was excellent, and I was given the opportunity to be part of the advisory panel as well, which was great. So we had about four thousand pounds towards our personal development. Um and um, that's why we wanted to come to Texas. It'd been cancelled twice because of the pandemic, and we finally got there um, in November 22, which was amazing. And I think we really appreciated it. I'm not speaking on behalf of Dion, we've had this conversation that probably if we had have done it 2020-21 I don't think we would have done and I think it just gave us the headspace to really consolidate our learning drive the agenda so obviously having the digital health uh, panel and chair positions we, we certainly had a voice and, and we're certainly being heard loud and clear now which is fantastic. And we've got a really good following. Um, We've really put our hearts and soul into professional development, especially for the new CNIOs, because at the beginning of the pandemic, we recognised there was a lot of new CNIOs coming into organisations because of the pandemic and they needed people like me and Dion with real senior nursing leadership to help and support and drive that agenda. And that's how the regional... CNIO networks were set up. So I I set up the very first one, the Northwest, and Dion set up the Midlands. um, Both sustainable, you know, regional networks continue. I mean, I've just moved to the Northeast, but uh, the Northwest is is still a strong regional force to be reckoned with. Dion. No, that's yeah, Dion.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: how do I follow on from that? So, for me. (laughs) I think, you know, that whole personal development. I'd never really had that in my nursing career before. I'd had sort of elements of it, but not really someone saying, you know, you're worth investing in. And I think we all felt that. And and there are other digital courses in the UK um, that are academic or or maybe you know a year-long programme that are excellent but actually what I feel with the Florence Foundation scholarship was it valued you and your skills and you were chosen because of your impact and and what you could do but also you know I, I graduated and I think we all did with that okay it's not just a course we're part of this now how can we How can we grow this? What's our legacy? Um, And actually, you know, the social impact of this. How can we bring the nursing midwifery profession um, really to have that seat at the table? Because, you know, clinicians historically have had that, but it's been mainly focused on doctors Um, and actually nurses, midwives and AHPs are the biggest profession in healthcare but the voice wasn't equal the voice wasn't there necessarily in the same way so I certainly felt like almost like I had an obligation because someone invested in me there was an obligation to do that and um, both Sarah and I have really worked hard to as I say we, we joined the, the digital health advisory panel we've worked tirelessly over the last two years to grow the network. We personally, I think I'm mentoring six people at the moment. I need to start saying no. Um, <laughs>
1: but
0: things like that are really important. And we we went to Rewired, um, a, a two-day digital conference in London last week. And honestly, the voices of nurses, midwives and HPS was so palpable. And actually, I think the, the greatest thing that came out of it was... I spoke to one CNIO who said oh, oh, we've had doctor strikes here and they were going on that day and many of us had to wrangle with should we be at the conference, should we be supporting and he said I felt I needed to come because this is my community and it helps mental health to, to re-energise and so we're part of that movement I guess. The other thing for me that was very personal was that I always struggled with writing and um, A goal for me at the start of the the scholarship was to become more confident. And actually during the process and the fantastic mentorship I got from Natasha Phillips, who's the CNIA for England, was that um, I discovered I'm dyslexic. And so I I actually got a proper diagnosis and I'm now um, in the middle of writing my dissertation for a master's in healthcare analytics and AI. Um, I never would have done that without doing this programme. So it's really helped me in many ways and hopefully, you know, the others that we've supported as well.
1: No, it's very inspirational, both of you and just your leadership and your view on life and what you're doing to help others. And we will drop in the show notes, uh, Dion. you're quite a prolific writer now uh, and you do uh, some blogs and different things. And we'll make sure that we have that in the show notes for anyone who wants to uh Follow up. You both are passionate. You can kind of hear it throughout the stories you've been sharing about uh, women in leadership and healthcare informatics specifically. Uh, What advice would you have? So some of our listeners are going to be nurses uh, and who aren't yet, you know, at your level and they see you as uh, like already mentors and they want to become like you, right? Have that ability to blend nursing with informatics, but they're not sure how do I do that because it seems like a, a, a mountain too difficult to scale. Uh, what would be a couple of ideas for them to, to help them uh, move into these sort of roles? I, th-
2: I think that's a really interesting question, Ed, and I think that's why me and Dion kind of that a- attraction to us was we really didn't know how to navigate the system. I think that was one of our learning blocks, me and Dion, because like I said, you know, I was doing a really good job in my own organisation, but just didn't know what was outside of my organisation. And I think what we've done with the networks that we've both been involved with from a regional and digital health is is really nurture that, the, the up-and-coming generation, because we, we, we felt there was a big gap and we, we identified that through the pandemic because we had, pe- you know, people in organisations that didn't really know what digital nursing was, but they, they knew they needed that position. And that's how the budding... We kind of created a budding scheme, didn't we, Dion? Um That's how that initiated. And I think it's about, you know, or. We will we, be we starting to do that profiling. Who are the senior leaders in digital nursing, and reach out. So we do a lot of that. We did a lot of that rewired in London, and um, you know the new ones coming up and going. Actually, how how do I, how do I, you know, get into these types of roles. And, and like I said before, it's about knocking on doors. Sometimes it's just having conversations, um, and you know, with people and going. I'm interested in, you know, because there's so much elements to digital nursing. You've got transformation, you've got the data, you've got the research, you've got the education. And it's really understanding what, what niche you've got, what you bring to the table, and where you fit with certain organizations. Because the NHS is a very complicated footprint. And each organization is at different digital maturity levels and scales. Um, I was very fortunate. I worked in an up and coming digitally savvy organization. I had a very strong skill set. But then I've worked in other organizations that haven't. And we've had to really build that organizationally and doing that cultural shift. So and, and there's a lot more at our fingertips now to access, like Dion said, you know, courses. But I think the big thing is about using that navigation, using the networks, reaching out to people and just having a conversation, because the conversations are really powerful and then advising people where they are within their region and how you can navigate them. So we use the buddying scheme to, to to support that.
0: I think Reach out. We're a really friendly community. We we want to grow people. So, you know, as you can tell, myself and Sarah have been qualified nurses for almost thirty years. So, we're definitely not Generation Z, um, but we recognise it's really important to capture those people. So, for example, one of the things that we've done on digital health is we're very the network uses Twitter a lot, but we know that the younger generation aren't really into Twitter. Um, In fact, my daughter said it was for old people. So that was um, really honest. Um, (laughs) And I've tried to create a a network for Instagram, but it just doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not not an Instagrammer. So um, I made a decision to step down from the advisory panel this year um and, and try and recruit some younger people into it so doing that tap on the shoulder saying you know you're up and coming and you actually can bring a new element to this um i, I think is really important so i think actively seeking out new people um, with different skill sets with more up-to-date um Thinking really, I think one of the things that we have to do, uh, and I know there are some some nurses and, and midwives within the community that are looking at the academic routes, so really trying to promote um academia and and digital programs within, um core education for nurses and midwives. Um, the other thing I guess is is career maps. So I'm really interested. I'm growing a team at the moment, as is Sarah, um of clinical informatic leads. Um, I'm really thinking about how we get apprenticeships in, thinking about how we can, you know, grow the talents of, of the local people. Um, so, so they're all the things really, but there's just so much to do, Ed. I think that's one thing that I'm certainly guilty of, is thinking, you know, where do I put my energies and and focus? And, um, you know, that, that that's yeah. a, a big energy um, drainer for me is because I want to do it all. So, yeah.
1: Right. (laughs) No, I I love the approach that you both are advocating because not only should individuals who sort of aspire to be like you or to want to get involved, they should, you know, ideally be proactive, but for various reasons, it may not always happen. Or in addition to be proactive, it's us, right? It's you and Sarah being proactive, uh, tapping down, I think was the phrase, and reaching down and helping people come up especially for those who are super shy, like I was super shy. And, um, so that would have been so helpful for someone to bring, help bring me up. And, and it is obligation, like you said. So I, I love your, both your approach on, on this whole topic. Let's, let's shift a little bit more into leadership, but more generally, because you both are amazing leaders, obviously nursing and informatics and digital has been your profession, but beyond that, you're just great leaders. Um, what do you think is this, if, if there's one thing to share with people, like what helps you uh, develop or become a great leader, what might that be? What's one or two steps that someone might take that's thinking, I want to be a leader, but I don't know what that means or how to do it. Uh, Dion, why don't we start with you this time?
0: Um, I think being authentic is is the most important thing. I think for a long time I was striving to emulate what i saw in others as great leadership qualities and there's absolutely nothing wrong in that at all but actually the most powerful i can be is to be me um you know i'm not good at everything but i'm good at you know some things and 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 that's what i kind of say you know i'm not all to everything but actually this is what you get from me and this is what i can help you with so i think definitely being authentic and and Sarah and I have talked about this a lot. We recently um, contributed to a chapter in a book for the Florence Foundation, and we were asked to think about what makes a good digital leader. And really, um, I think having those values and sticking to values, um, so having that value base of things, that set of principles, uh, and being authentic, I would say, for me.
1: That's great. Uh, Sarah?
2: (laughs) I I agree with Dion, but I think I'm a bit of a disruptor, (laughs) so in a positive way. So I think sometimes as a leader, we almost need, we do need to check and challenge, and I don't think we do a lot of that. I think we're seeing a a big sea change in it. Um, But I really encourage the people that I'm mentoring that, you know, don't don't accept everything at face value and where's the evidence and where's the data to support that and I think there's a lot of invisible barriers in healthcare because of the traditions of the NHS and and I get that it's you know I I do understand that but sometimes we do have to be a bit disruptive and think out of the box I think I struggle because I've I've been named as a as an innovator and uh, I'm quite creative and forward thinking and I can see the vision in the future and I've, I've had to be very careful that, you know, I've got to step back and go, yeah, but I also need to bring people with me on that journey. People don't always see what you see. And I've, I've, that's been really challenging for me as a leader. But I, I don't think we should stifle that creativity and that innovative thinking because that's the most powerful thing. And the, the craziest ideas that have happened have become really good outputs and improved patient care through people's generating ideas on, on the clinical shop floor so um yeah i think i think that's one of the one of them and also um being passionate as well you know i think that's really important I, you know i've always uh, you know from being a child I wanted to be a nurse my brother had a terrible accident and that's how i ended up in the nursing profession and i've never forgot that and that's why i went into the nhs because my brother received excellent care and it was a non digital world there it was paper and pen and to be fair it was paper and pen when i started my nursing career um so if somebody had said to me 30 odd years ago you're going to be a digital nurse one i would have gone well what is that <laughs> what does that mean and two i would never have believed it leaving school with a typewriter so it's, it's interesting how you do adapt and you change to to the times that are, you're given isn't it really it's interesting yeah
1: <clears throat> yeah this is so pat i'm smiling you know obviously on the podcast people don't see, see it i'm smiling this is, you you're just both sharing so, so many uh, great insights, so helpful. So many people, there's so many more questions that I have and our time is running a little bit short. So it's like, it's, it's so hard for me to like, uh, on our remaining questions, like, Oh, which one uh, is going to be the best one to ask. But let me, uh, let me, let me go with this one because we've already talked quite a bit about leadership and you've shared quite a bit of content, but we all have, like you have talked about families, uh, your daughters, uh, your, your life. And, you know, the work, you're, you're very both very passionate and feel the call and doing a lot of great stuff. Um, how do you recharge your batteries and remain fresh, you know, sort of that integrated or balanced life? You know, what? How, what's your advice or, what? Well, you know, what do you do to try to, you know, stay, you know, sane, if you will, in all the madness? Uh, yeah. Dion, you want um, to start with that one?
0: Because I work so hard and studying everything, at the moment, the – It's time with family and friends. It's, you know, that's how I keep grounded and and, um, just really recharge. Um, I love road trips. I went around Canada last year, which was amazing. Um, Booked to go Scotland this year. Um, Theatre, I I work in London and the theatre is amazing. I've seen so much um, great theatre and I think really appreciating that it survived after the pandemic, really, um, and books to the extent that I was reading on the tube the other day and completely missed my stop because I was so engrossed, completely blown out. So um, yeah, that, that that's fine.
2: Oh, I'm a shopaholic, I'm afraid. Um, so any shop I'm in there, uh, but also like Dion, really, you know, really family orientated. Love spending time with my girls, and. A- do I love art, even though I can't draw, I'm horrendous. But I absolutely love, Um, you know, I went to the Banksy not long ago exhibition, which was fantastic. And that inspired me, actually, with a lot of the stuff that I'm recently doing with leads around getting key messages and using art to to facilitate that. And I'm also a big foodie, so I don't cook, I'm rubbish. However, so that's why I'm a foodie, I like going to restaurants and eating out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's me.
1: Uh, no, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to get the two of you with my wife. You all have somebody's common, including the years that you've been in nursing and digital and everything. It's, it's quite remarkable. Look, we've talked about tons of stuff we, and we could go on and on and on. So we definitely have to do a, a part two. But before we leave, you know, we did cover a lot on leadership and on digital and some of the, you know, the Florence Nightingale program. Is there something that we missed? Or something we talked about, but maybe not deep enough that you want to double down on. So, Sarah, we'll we'll start with you, and then we'll end with Dion. Um, I
2: think I think what I've learned over the last twelve months doing the, the mentorship and really having deep and meaningful conversations, to be fair, is around people's confidence. I, I'm hoping that. The work that me and Dion's done over the last two and a half years is really showcase to our community that it doesn't matter where you're coming from, what organisation, etc. That you 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 can make the best of you. <laughs> um, so I, I've done a lot of confidence building the last few months and and helped a lot of people on their career. You know, trajectory, and people have given me some lovely feedback saying, you know, if it wasn't for your support and guidance, and I I want to continue doing that work. I think that's that's what you know keeps my passion going. And uh, yeah, and and I'm not just talking about uh, females; it's males as well. Um, I'm currently coaching um, a male, and uh, that that's been interesting hearing his perspective as well, and getting the balance from a, a male perspective. So yeah, I think it's about the a cultural shift for me, and about empowering people and getting them to their best. Um, yeah, investment. Yeah, people investment.
1: Love it. No, that's that's super. Uh, Dion, you get the last word.
0: Oh wow, um, no pressure. Um, well, f- thank you, Ed, for inviting us. First off, because I think the major thing for me was is the power of networking. Uh, the power of sharing, and I get—I'm a very curious person. I get bored quite easily. I have to constantly be looking for new people to talk to and and things to interest me. Um, so I think for me, the power of networking and and keep keep searching for for ideas and lessons learned, and you know, not reinventing the wheel and just to meet other people like-minded people and that's why we were so thrilled when you asked us to do this podcast and actually the opportunity to go to chime because you know I think within your own bubble um is very limited uh, and actually reaching beyond that can be so rewarding for many reasons so the power of networking um is the message I want to leave everyone
1: with yeah no it's you're both just again just full of wisdom and such delightful people and i i can't wait to uh connect again uh, more intentionally the next time whether it's in the uk or back in north america or somewhere else in europe wherever it might be uh but you're just awesome people and it's great i, I just love hearing people like yourselves leaders like yourselves and the fantastic work that you're doing because we all got into this for the same reason you know to help improve people's lives and save people's lives with uh not just our nursing skill, and but, you know, the power of tech, all that coming together. And you, you both are awesome examples of that. So thank you so much for being our guests on Digital
0: Voices. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming
2: service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.